Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Plain. M.I.P. With Masamela Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Make It Plain. Get woke. Happy Kwanzaa, mamas and sisters and brothers. Once again, we welcome you back to Make It Plain as we are spending Kwanzaa here with none other than the professor and chair of the Department of Africana Studies, Cal State University, Long Beach, chair of the organization US and the National Association of Kawaido Organizations. And of course, why he's here right now, he is the creator of Kwanzaa and the Nguza Saba and the author of the definitive book, Kwanzaa, a celebration of family, community, and culture. And we greet each other every day this week as we've been doing with the words Habarigani, which means what's the news? And so we greet him for giving us this holiday. We greet him in the same way. Habarigani, Dr. Maulana Karinga. Kumba, Reverend Masimela. Habarigani to all other people who are listening and watching. We say, Hedeza Kwanzaa, happy Kwanzaa. The sixth principle of Kwanzaa is Kumba, creativity. And the text tells us that we are to do always as much as we can in the way we can in order to leave our community more beautiful and beneficial than we inherited. What a beautiful gift to us to ask ourselves, what are we to do? And it is to bring good into the world, to do as much as we can in the way we can in order to leave our community, and by extension, the world more beautiful and beneficial than we inherited. Mm -hmm. This principle of creativity speaks in a larger sense, not only to our always striving to make our own community constantly better than and more beautiful and beneficial, but also to making the world better. This Kwanzaa is always, we put forth the possibility of healing, repairing, renewing, and remaking the world 
making it more beautiful and beneficial than we inherited. This we do in the spirit of the ancient African imperative, ethical imperative called Sarujta in ancient Egyptian language, right? And that means to repair, renew, and remake the world, making it more beautiful and beneficial than we inherited. Inherent in this concept is a call also to heal and repair ourselves and each other as well as the world, right? There's a dual thing here. And it comes right with Fanon. Say so we can cure ourselves of the wounds that have been inflicted on us by healing, repairing, and remaking the world. That is ending the pathological conditions imposed on us by oppression, right? So this is the real meaning of reparations for us in Kawaita. It's not just about receiving money, but about the largest struggle to achieve justice and liberation and the radical repairing we would do to ourselves, society and the world in the process of struggle for justice. Reparation is to repair a grievous injury. The injury is a holocaust of enslavement and, sub and subsequent oppression, right? But I always say that we are wounded or injured physicians who have the capacity to heal ourselves. We do not deny that we were made victims, but we also say that we are physicians, right? That inherent in our capacity in the, the millennia of our history and in the experience and knowledge that that represents, that we are physicians and liberation soldiers that can in fact heal and repair, renew and remake ourselves in the process of repairing, renewing and remaking the world. And so the concept of Tarutai is rooted in the ethical teachings of our ancestors that we constantly injure ourselves, each other in the world as a whole. Not only by what we do wrong, Black people, but also by what we fail to do right. Moreover, the damage we do to each other in the world, like the good we do, we do to and for ourselves, right? We have to realize that, that the human beings not only do damage to themselves, they at the same time damage the world. And when they damage the world, the world responds back. That's the whole argument around climate change, right? I mean, we cannot injure the world without a, a reciprocal response. And so we're taught to walk gently on the world. First, we say, relate rightly, act justly, and walk gently in and for the world. We've got to first relate rightly because everything depends upon our relation, not only with each other, but also with the world. And then we've got to act justly in our relationship. And we've got to walk gently. Don't leave such a footprint, an imprint on the world that it damages the world and future generations. And so the Odu Ifa teaches us, we again live in a world and web of independence. And it says, Anyone, when we're doing good for the world, remember, anyone who does good does it for herself, and anyone who does evil does it to himself. Let me put it in the collective. Those who do good do it for themselves, and those who do evil do it to themselves. And Lady Ty said, <laughs> of ancient Egypt said, do good then, 
Doing good is not difficult. In fact, just speaking good is a monument for those who do it. For those who do good for others are also doing it for themselves. For they are building the good world we all want and deserve to live in. And so we do do damage to the world, ourselves, and each other in varied ways. We do damage when we fail to follow the best of our ethical and spiritual teaching and instead use religion to disrespect and impose on others, to justify unjust wars, use religion to seize and occupy others' land, and to claim a special religious and racial status above and beyond all other peoples in the world. We do damage when we turn a blind eye to injustice, a deaf ear to truth, and an uncaring heart away from the suffering and pain around us and throughout the world. We do damage to the world when we make material gain the measure of all things, when we pollute and plunder and deplete and destroy the environment and undermine the basis for life on earth, and when we act in ways that dim and diminish the future of coming generations. Our ancestors, the ancient Egyptians taught that we must think for eternity and plan for the future for those who come after us. We must leave them a legacy of good. Indeed, an ancient teacher in the Hosea says, I did good for my community. I spoke truth. I did justice, for I knew the value of doing good. It will be a storehouse for those who come after. And Queen Hatshepsut, Pharaoh Hatshepsut said, I added to what was formerly done, for I wanted it to be said by those who come afterward. How beautiful is this, which has happened because of her. May all of us be able to lie down in service to each other and the world and be able to say, I did this good thing and how beautiful, may they say of me, how beautiful this thing is that she or he has done. What a beautiful thing. And that is what Mary McLeod Bethune meant when she says, so live a life of service that even when you lie down in death, you stand tall on the platform of service. You're listening to the best of the best of the best of MIP. With honors. Make it plain. Make it plain. M-I-P. With Masamela Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Make it plain. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to the Make It Plain podcast this week someone with a brand new book out. Uh, in spite of the crisis we're all in, and we'll, we'll talk about that, all of this is very, very challenging to us all. But um, I think she can help uplift all of us yeah. in this situation. Um give us some inspiration and hope and and context uh as i've been saying um every now and then we may need to just turn off the news y'all um because it's not you know it's it's rough and when these press conferences are often aren't offering solutions anyway but a bunch of lies we need to do something different so let me it strongly suggest you add to your book list while you're home uh sheltering in place um, um, uh, other than Netflix, you can do other things. You can read. Um, yeah. We want our bodies back. We want our bodies back. Yeah. The yeah. latest book um, from the great Jessica Caremore, and she joins us now from Detroit. Jessica, God bless you, sister. How you holding up? 
Uh, I'm holding up. So wonderful to be on the line with you and to your listening to your audience. Want to send out some good healing energy. You know, we're all dealing with this. I'm, I'm in Detroit, so we're on the front line here. Yeah. Um, one of those top cities um, dealing with this crisis. And in particular, you know, black community here being hit really hard. Me personally being hit hard. But what you said is so true. Like, you know, at some point in your day, you know, I would just suggest not starting your day with the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Really like making the point, to, and I'm talking to myself, you know, while yeah. I'm talking to y'all yeah, yeah. about really like making that cup of tea first, you know, doing those couple yoga stretches and, and, or, you know, just checking into yourself first. Um, because it has become for me, uh, I mean, almost, you know, it's stopping me in my tracks. So you can't really function because once you are, once you start digesting all this negativity and all the death and all the sickness, you know, it becomes a part of your your energy for the day. And so I'm working to make sure I have my 13 year old here mm. being Google classroom schooled right now, driving me absolutely nuts. So, um, <laughs> so that's enough, you know, that I have to be in the house with a teenager. Uh, it, it's stressful enough, but, um, but, but on a more story, serious note, yeah. I mean, just in general, like reading, I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a good, it's bittersweet for me. My book is out. We want our bodies back. It's my fifth collection. It's my first collection with HarperCollins, Amistad. So it's a big deal for me yeah. to be on this major press. Um, first black woman poet since Gwendolyn Brooks to be on HarperCollins. So mm. really big deal for my voice. Um, mm. I've been a, a poet for 25 years. Yes, and if people know my work, they know I've been publishing, you know, through more black press, publishing Saul Williams and Danny Simmons and Raz Baraka. And I became one of the, as a very young person in New York City living in Brooklyn and later Harlem, publishing the New York poets who were on the scene in the 90s um, because people weren't checking for us. And so Mm -hmm. I I started an institution around the work. And that was really my Detroit blue collar hustle, you know, that I knew that it could had to be more than just about writing poems. I had to figure out how do we build something around the arts, right, to to sustain myself. And it's deep because now we're talking about how do artists (laughs) sustain themselves, right? Right, right, right. Because I'm out of work (laughs) with a book out, though, nonetheless. Yeah. So, But let's do this. First of all, I want to say it, and folks, Jessica was was saying to me before we got started recording the podcast how this has affected her personally. She's lost Mm. some loved ones. Yes. So we want to lift lift them up and lift you up in that and and pray for you and them and their families. And then we also did talk about you know, you and I talked about the whole income piece for those of us who are artists. Yeah. And I mean, this affects everyone. Not to mention, let me mention this, and I'll just turn this over to you. The, the, the you know, we keep turning on the news, yeah. I think, in, instinctively, because we're looking for some answers, some good news for some solutions. Yeah. But our people, we need to get back to the place where sometimes we could only find mm. good news in black thought, black literature, black poetry, black artistry. Wasn't nobody giving us nothing else. And I think that this is where we may find ourselves if we haven't already in this situation. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not just saying, you know, uh, buy the book for the hell of it. Let's just buy Jessica's book. I'm saying that (laughs) we got to do some things, go back to to old school in terms of our survival. We need Mm -hmm. some, some good news. 
So, yeah, I mean, please, please speak no, I believe on all, in all of these things. I mean, the, the art is the healing bomb. You know, it is poetry. And you're talking about specifically about black artists. You know, I'm I'm a child of the black arts movement. So I came up under the tutelage of Mary Baraka right. and Sonia Sanchez. And Gil Scott Heron was my mentor. Roy Ayer still is, you know, a part of my existence and has been supporting my work for many mm-hmm. years. So those those um, artists, like, you know, because I think right now, like in the time of like wartime or anything like that is what keeps us going. When you saw those artists and those folks in Italy on their balconies, mm, those warm players and things right. like we we are so necessary. And I think people often forget or take for granted that cre- being a creative isn't valuable, but it is so valuable. And it's um, and we have everything we need. Like, let me tell you, my son, the healing remedies are in my home already like so all the herbs and things that people are now running to figure out what to get we already had it in our house i didn't Mm -hmm. have to buy anything new Uh, we already had eucalyptus we all had elderberry we already had all the things and so getting back to the source of who we are as a people what you said and also the homeschooling piece i told him you about to uh, study uh, some other things (laughs) like we gonna have homeschool Mm. yeah the school is still online but now you home with me so you about to he's about to do a paper on having him study Kwame Ture. Like yeah. we're going to learn about, you know, different people, black political figures that you're not going to learn at your little private Catholic school. They're not going to teach you about that. So, you know, and I told him we're going to read some more books, like different books, you know. And so now that I'm here, I mean, it's probably driving him nuts, but later he's going to thank me. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and so yeah, getting back to like, we're the first teacher, we're our first doctors. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we have to remember, not giving it all up to every. And I got people who are emerging, my brother, Dr. Rob Gore, shout him out is a hero like an emergency medical doctor in brooklyn new york mm. a, a, a fantastic brother mm. and does great work in the community outside of just being a doctor and he's on the front line of that movement and i respect his work but he also texts me and says jessica we don't know at all you know what i mean mm. he goes to his herbs and he goes to his natural healing and the, and the work that he does as a with his martial art getting getting closer to your body you know, and making sure that we're taking our care of ourselves. Like we, you know, we talking about these pre-existing conditions. You know, people they brought up diabetes, high blood pressure. Now, these are things our community must deal with. You know, we got to deal with the food we're eating. You know, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. but also adding to the reading we're doing. Like, yeah, what are we yeah. reading? Like, your bookshelf should be real food. It should be something that you can like. I used to say my mother when I grew up in Detroit. The one thing my mother gave me was books. Now she, we would eat books, literally. Like my mother would fly through <laughs> novels, you know. Like that's what we was eating. That's we great. was eating on some novels and some memoirs. So yeah, we want our bodies back. Is um, the title poem is for Sandra Bland, you know. So the book is a healing piece, you know. My sister texted me this morning. She said I got the book and I read the intro, and she said I'm, I just, I'm, she said the intro just had me in tears, and it, it, so it's a real honest work, you know. It's um, it's it's not easy work, but it's necessary, right? It's about I'm dealing with police brutality. I'm thinking about, you know, think about black women, like what, who we are in the middle of this pandemic. You know, the nurses that I've seen online that are on the front line, the mamas that are having to take care of families. And, and that's what this book is about. It's about lifting up those mothers and those sisters and those women who really carry the load and um, are often not talked about enough. You know, even when we're talking about what's happening with Mike Brown is in my book, Eric. Gardner's in my book, mm. you know, of course, Tamir Rice is in my book, you know, I'm a mama, so mm. I'm talking about my sons, but yeah. at the same time, you know, we often, like Sandra Bland, you know, there's so many Sandra Blands, you know, we, yeah. we don't hear about what happens to these sisters, and, and she was just like me, yeah. I talk a lot of mess, I, I talk a lot, like, I'm like, when the police pull me over, I am not in a good mood, I don't feel safe, I mean, that's real, you know, the only thing that might save me a little bit is that I'm in 
if I'm driving in Detroit, I drive in all, I drive all over the country. Sometimes I'm renting cars. I'm driving to LA. I'm driving in Milwaukee, wherever I happen to be on the road doing. But in Detroit, at least I might get a black cop. You know that I mean mm-hmm. that is different. That, that we mm-hmm. still are, you know, a predominantly black city. You know, Detroit is. We're still a chocolate city. And um, despite the rapid gentrification <laughs> going on everywhere in all cities, uh, we're still the majority here. And so you do see yourself. I've been pulled over by brothers I went to high school with. You know, and that makes a difference, you know, but community has to, we have to start becoming a people again. And I think that's what, what reminds me of things you said, what makes me think about like what, getting back to the essence of who we are, like yeah, what would my yeah. daddy be doing right now, you know? Mm, mm. So, well, you talk yeah. about your son. Yeah. I mean, what you learn and what you know, all of us did in mm-hmm. our generation and, and you and I are fairly close in age. Yeah. Um, 25 we, right i know that's right amen <laughs> we 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 had we got it outside of school yeah you know we didn't yes. get everything in the school we a lot of what we nah. got we had to get um on our own and you mentioned you talk a lot of mess now if if mm-hmm. if, if, if you if we using sandra bland as a standard i mean sandra talk like every black yeah. woman i've ever known so to me that ain't mess that's, that's right. just us that's just how we got that's to deal yeah that's how we got to deal so but you know as i'm looking at the book and and knowing what it's yeah. about and and who you dedicated to do dedicated it to and god bless you for that i see Thank even you. in this current situation and you talk about your brother being in medicine yeah when we want our bodies back to me mm. Mm. And, and and this is coming from a, a former poet. I don't have time to do it like I used to. I wish I All did. Right. Lord have mercy. All right. but I, I believe when, you. But when we say we want our bodies back today mm. in the midst of this crisis, yeah. it still applies because yeah. our bodies have been mm. uh, abused and taken for granted, mistreated, uh, right. um, um, malnourished, maldiagnosed. Um, uh, you on. know, we get treated different in the doctor's office. And, you know, a whole yeah. lot of folk were saying, oh, it was his miss. This thing ain't going to affect, affect black people. But now we're seeing Please. Milwaukee where you are in yeah. Detroit. And yeah. we have all these other issues. New Orleans. Baltimore um, about to get hit. And, and, and all of that. And right. That's right. Yeah. New Orleans. That's right. Uh, so yeah. talk, talk to us about how yeah. even what you've written about and released yeah. is applicable. Yeah. Whether the police, are, I mean, hopefully the police ain't stopping you now because you're supposed to be home, y'all. But, yeah. but, but still, the reclamation of our bodies is still ab- applicable with this plague. It is. It's also, you know, about self-care. You know, it's about really deciding. I'm, I'm, some people live for that, that pharmacy. Some people want to go get their pills and have the doctor medicate them. Uh, it's just never been my way. And back in the day, it was not the way. The Black South taught us. You know, we didn't have all the things, you know, coming up from slavery and the things that we had to take care of our children, right? The best way we could. And so we found, we learned, we knew about the plants that were the healing remedies. We knew about aloe and my folks are down in Alabama. Like folks aren't running to the doctor um, when something happens, when they get a cough. And so like learning, relearning, or just really unlearning because a big part of what you're talking about is also just the educational piece. Mm -hmm. Like us not knowing the the gifts that we are born with and, and the education that's passed down through oral, through spirit world, the things that I have, even the, the, a lot of things that I know about are not necessarily, there's none of it. It was something I studied at Michigan State or Wayne right, State University, right, right. let alone my high, my, my high school. What I learned in school is that I was not learning much. Like that's the thing that I learned, that mm. they're trying to make sure that I don't know anything too much because I might actually become educated. 
You know, so I've educated myself. I learned how to be a poet. I didn't go get a master's degree. I learned how to be a poet by going to the library. And I read. I read everybody. I read the white poets I was forced to write. I read like T.S. Eliot and Robert Frost and Walt Whitman. I read all those guys. And then I went and found Audre Lorde and Lucille Clifton. You know, I found the black um, broadside press writers like Dudley Randall and Larry Neal. I was doing that when I was like 15. Mm. Like, I was like, I'm going to teach myself, you know, because as soon as my drama teacher brought Indazaki Shange for Color Girls into the Black Box Theater, my whole world changed. And I was like, that's the one thing that the Detroit public school system gave me was my drama teacher. They don't have that no more. Mm. No theater, theater gone painting gone you can't play a musical instrument we used to have the right. baddest bands in the in the land was in detroit yeah. ask anybody that went to tsu right like all of the all the bandmates everybody went to tsu when they left detroit and played for their band that's right and, that's right <laughs> you know back in the day that's what we did we all went to tsu that's right. and so you know but now they, they don't have no bands you know what yeah. i mean very yeah. very yeah. Per- maybe a couple of schools got bands but it's not this battle of the bands does not occur. You know, yeah. we don't have drama departments. We have one school, Detroit School of the Arts, is our only Detroit public school that's really killing it as far as art and theater in the city. One, one school. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that's that's ridiculous in this, in this city full of black and brown children that I know want to do art, but don't even know it's accessible to them. Right. Don't even know, you know. So it's, it's, I think this is a, um, you know, and we all at home together. So people are at home and some folks, my family has started to zoom that, you know, for the first time. And we're, you know, talking to people that you don't normally talk and check in, like maybe we should check in with each other a little more. You know, I, you know, we started doing this thing in zoom and my family's like, we should do this more often. We should actually do this once a week. Yeah. Why don't we start talking to each other instead of just going to work (laughs) and coming home? You know, with our significant other and not checking in and become, being real family-like. And so... Well, it's funny yeah. you should say that about Detroit. I had um, Mary Wilson in the studio with me not too long ago. Mm, and yeah. and I asked her, what was in the water in Detroit that there were so many <laughs> successful musicians? And she said, well, she said, Mark, it wasn't in the water, it was in the school. You you don't mm. have mm. The, the, the people teaching music in any mm. of the schools in the country where you used to. And I remember, I think I remember taking a poetry class when I was in high school, Um, you know, and they had them in college. I mean, so, you know, all of that is, is important (sighs) and, um, um, uh, and and necessary. Um, I I didn't ask you this beforehand, but I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot because we need some some help and healing. Why why, do you feel like reading a little bit for us? Absolutely. I got, I always got poems. I'm going to read, um, a lot of the book is, uh, Heavier than not, but I, I do have some stuff that's kind of more light. <laughs> so I want to read this, and I love this poem. It's called I Used to Be a Roller Coaster Girl. Mm. And I wrote it for Indazaki Shange. And it's about being a little girl growing up in Detroit. And so, uh, so it's, it's for little girls everywhere that are strong, because I was a little strong, <laughs> pulled my hair back in a ponytail, running around with my brother's kind of little girl. Mm. So that's me. I used to be a roller coaster girl. Seven times in a row, no vertical and these skinny legs. My lipstick bubblegum pink is my path to 10 speed. Never kiss, nappy pigtails, no brand gym shoes, white line yellow short shorts, scratching up legs, peddling past borders of hummus and baba ganoush, masjids and liquor stores, 
city chicken pepperoni bread and Superman ice cream cones. Yellow black blended with bits of Arabic, Islam, and Catholicism. My daddy was Jesus. My mother was quiet. Jane Kennedy was worshipped by my brother Mark. I don't remember having my own bed before 12. Me and my sister Lisa shared. Sometimes all three more girls slept in that queen. You grow up so close, never close enough. I used to be a roller coaster girl. Wild child full of flowers and ideas. Useless crushes on Polish boys and a school full of white girls. Mm. Future black swans singing Zeppelin, U2, and Rick Springfield. Hoping to be Jesse's girl. I could outrun my brothers and everybody else to that reoccurring line. I used to be a roller coaster girl. Till you told me I was moving too fast. Said my rush made your head spin, my laughter hurt your ears, a scream of happiness, a scream of freedom, pouring out my armpits, sweating up my neck. You were always the scared one. Mm. I kept my eyes open for the entire trip. Right before the drop, I would brace myself and let that force push my head back into that hard iron seat. My arms nearly fell off a few times. Still, I kept running back to that line when I was done. Same way I kept running back to you. I used to be a roller coaster girl. I wasn't scared of mountains or falling. Hell, I look forward to flying and jumping off this earth and coming back to life every once in a while. I found some peace in being out of control, allowing my blood to race through my veins for 180 seconds. I earned my sometimes nicotine pull. I buy my own damn drinks in the ocean, still calls my name when it fills my toes near its shore. I still love roller coasters, and you grew up to be afraid of all girls who could ride fearlessly like me. So that's it. <laughs> Just that's the what camera. I'm snapping right yeah. now. Okay, I'm doing the thing. Um, <laughs> no, that, 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 <laughs> no, that's that's beautiful. Um, Thank you. Something I'm going to share with you earlier this week. We talked with uh, James Clyburn. Okay. Uh, and I asked him, I said, man, uh, the word is you told huh. Joe Biden that mm. he needs to pick a black woman. Yeah. And he said, no, 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 I never said that. He said, what I said, he, he, he said, what I said, Mark, was that the person you pick should be a reflection of those who have put their blood, sweat, and tears mm. into this party and this, this movement for our people to have the right to vote. Right. So that would be us. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, so you didn't say it explicitly, but you said it implicitly. And then he yeah. talked about, you know, there, there are black women everywhere qualified to be in office, qualified to be the president, qualified right. to be on the Supreme Court. Absolutely. Um, and that's what we got to lift up. And, and, and I know that's what you um, are lifting up. Can I make a request? So I want to hear another poem, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Because I, I really think that this is th mm. this whole thing to me is we're in really in a state of spiritual warfare because he's like you said your brother Safe these doctors don't know warfare. they don't yes, know and and um i've been telling everybody who's not here in new york jessica yeah. i was looking at tv again the news and i'm mm. sitting here at my computer and then last week it was last uh, uh wednesday a week ago the the refrigeration truck pulled up for, mm. to put the bodies in it and i then saw I, you know and i was I like saw, i haven't been the same since i saw the video that's what i'm saying I look when I saw that sister. You know how something just overtakes you. So, oh, wait a minute. This yeah. is this is something else now. Wait a minute. Yeah. And I had to go yeah. into the prayer closet and get some folk to pray pray for me, and then come out and pray for everybody else. Even as a minister, I got weak. Mm -hmm. And 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 I had I've been dealing with that and realizing this is this is spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. So warfare. I, uh, I am not ready to die. 
Oh, yes, what you want to hear? Okay. That's what we need Because I had another one, the way you were talking. I had something Well, do that, too. Up. Listen, we want to hear your voice. <laughs> do them both, please. We got time, please. Okay, we got time? Yeah. Because of the way you're talking, I, it made me want to do this piece. Please. Um, it's a little longer than I'm not ready to die, but gratitude is a recipe for survival. Mm. And um, It's a poem I wrote. Uh, I wrote a version of the poem in my first book, God is Not an American, and, and rewrote it um, for this book because I just I couldn't. I couldn't possibly publish this book and not talk about gratitude and about survival, right? And about how we survive. And so this is, um, the, the piece is for the people who survive outside of the the norm, right? Who, mm. who figure out ways to stay alive. Like Please. artists, like right now, like I'm going to figure out a way to take care of my son, Amen. right? You Amen. think I'm not going to, I'm not, Jessica Care Moore ain't going to be on the street. I'm not going to lose my house. So I'm not claiming any of that, you know? <laughs> and I don't have any, all my gigs that we, you know, we booked for the fall, <laughs> so yeah. I, but I'm, yeah. I got to get to September. We're going to figure that out. But gratitude is a recipe for survival. Please, um, please. She is the woman in yellow in her kitchen full of teas and fresh herbs. She is cutting celery for soup and a slow fire warms a broth that will leave her doctors in awe. She is cancer free and more fierce than she was when there were two breasts to define her as a woman. Arms stretching daylight so the nights feel less heavy. She has decided to live. Despite the post-traumatic stress racing through the veins of so many of us, warriors, survivors, artists who break poems in half for decades to feed an audience but must budget food for our children, self-care is not a catchphrase. It is simply what is necessary when you aren't poor enough for federal welfare or too rich to realize the pharmacy is not the answer to all your darkest fears. Some mothers just need to be prescribed some sleep or the power to fight against the chemical waste polluting the air of low-income neighborhoods. Magic mm. blue black women who turn 25-floor project hallways into endless playgrounds for princesses and pigtails, whose deferred dreams turn every corner to find gravity and define possibility. One part honey, two parts ginger. A grandmother carries nearly 20 grandchildren in her eyes. She would not be easily moved by the lead infesting her reality, the poison water she's been cooking her greens and bathing her flint babies in for years. She is conjuring the shapes of gutted pigs, the salted seasoning of slavery, the ancient healing remedies of moonlit daughters and twilight fathers who decide they will not die. The courage of thousands of displaced black American HIV positive teens fighting for their lives without shelter from a pandemic, mm. no church, no place to provide adequate health care or safety from stigma, pushing for resources and representation in a country where health care is only for those who can afford it, not the ones who can no, we can no longer afford to lose. A dash of cayenne, a squeeze of lemon, an American toothache laughs at the sugar tax of San Francisco. Comedy is a consistent remedy to boosting our fragile immune systems. Where you live determines if you are treated and how you are treated. Still here I stand metaphorical daughter of Robeson, holding my 11-month-old son in the arms of the, in my arms at the DHS office. The student from University of Michigan recognizes me in the line despite my baseball cap and jogging pants, turns to me and says, we are studying your books in our English class. The homeless man gives me a dollar. I am hiding, hoping to not look like I'm doing well. Doing well doesn't go with the chairs in this office. I'm thankful and embarrassed. The same day I was booked for a show in Paris, asked to deliver a keynote at another college, my son's health insurance was canceled by the state. 
and the preschool says I owe them $3,000 before my son can continue in the new year. The daycare lady is asking me if I have a job again. I'm a famous poet and writer. I performed all over this country, Europe, South Africa, Brazil, Ghana. Remember me? I was on the cover of the New York Times. My poems are live on the fourth floor of the National Museum of African American History in Washington, D.C. I'm on display, always on display. Exactly what does being a legend pay? I need some W-2s for this life. This is madness, I tell myself. In order to receive help from the state, you have to be working. My writing is my work. I can't have my son 24 hours a day and write and create new work. Question marks fall on top of the head of the caseworker. Herbie Hancock plays in the background. Never leave your music at home. Never leave your music at home. They only play the TV on one station in the lobby, the sci-fi channel or something. Sometimes there are cookies full of M&M's King. Don't touch the cookies, baby King. Don't touch the cookies. I made up a job because my job is not a job. And apparently told them I make too much money that doesn't really exist. So now I'll be allocated $12 a month for food. Mm. Art is a thankless job. Art is a thankless job. Weldon Irvine, who co-wrote to be young, gifted, and black, would whisper in my ear at the Schomburg in Harlem before he killed himself a few years later. Thankless, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you, thankless, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you, Joni Mitchell and Nina Simone to drown out these moments. Thank you, Imani and Satan, Stephanie, Tammy, Angie, Charlotte, and even Beyonce for that song, If I Were a Boy. Thank you, angels, past lovers. Thank you, patience. Thank you, bravery. Thank you, peace. Thank you, resistance. Thank you, most death, for telling me it was honorable to live my life, travel the world. People ask me what I do. I simply say I'm a poet. Thank you, Talib Kweli and Sonia Sanchez for friendship and activism. Ozzy Davis for that elbow nudge in my arm and your smile. Thank you, Nana, for buying coats and uncles for shoes. More family. I have more family. I was born a more. I'm headed to LA for some shows. I have to stop crying and write this, write this poem, but this is not a show. This is my life, God. This is my gift. Got a gig in London while I was writing this. Next month's rent. Thank you, Daddy. God, ancestors, past lover, present lover. Got your text, baby. I'm okay. Poems. This is what I have to give. I'm eating poems today. I'm thankful. I'm humiliated. I'm embarrassed. I'm surviving. I'm writing. Dick Gregory just died. Ruby D just died. Mitty Baraka just died. Jen Cortez just died. You can't stop us. You can't stop us. No. Love is a health. Love is health care. And gratitude is a recipe for survival. This is my job, damn it. This is my job, you know. We are mothers. Give us our checks. I'm a mother. Give me my check. Amen. 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 Always honey. Always sweet. A poet, a woman in yellow mixed with apple cider vinegar, a grandmother in Flint, dice and garlic with prayer, a beautiful boy in Harlem sipping hot green tea, a princess born into poverty, banking poems inside peach pies. You can't find them. You can't find me. We are busy outliving our circumstances. You are in Dezaki's kitchen boiling a fearless soup of survival for color girls. We are busy confusing your paperwork with real life. My lover says he speaks to me in real life. The internet is an illusion. Healthcare should not be an illusion. People are addicted to illusion. Though thankless, thankless world. Na me, 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 na me. Thank you. That's it. Jessica Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That was powerful. Thank you. That was powerful. Thank you. Over the phone is hard. No, it 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 worked. I can't. I'm just sitting up here as you were reading that. I'm like, I'm sitting up here on the phone in the middle of a of a plague listening mm. to Jessica Care Moore mm. read her poetry. That's that's yeah. salvific unto itself. Folks, you need to get this book. We yeah. want our bodies back now. Please get it. Let me let me just ask this. So, uh, can are you going to go on Instagram live and elsewhere and read cuz I think people need that. Uh April 23rd, me and Kevin Powell will be in conversation and hopefully tell it. I had a big book party coming up in New York at the 
International Institute um, for Photography with uh, me and Kevin Powell in conversation. And Talib Kweli was DJing my party. Wow. So we're going to try to get Talib to do a playlist for us. But me and Kevin are doing the conversation, talking about the work. Um, so that's all going to be, if anyone goes to my Instagram page, which is Jessica Caremore, or to my Facebook page, uh, or to jessicacaremore.com, I post everything. So there'll be flyers for all the events, the online virtual events that are coming up. We're trying to get a Black on Morocco you know, online. You know, I executive produced Black on Morocco yes, for right, 16 right, years. Right. So we're working on Black on Morocco. Uh, the women, I got a 10 headliners already lined up. We just figure out what the best platform is. So yeah. people just stay on, stay on my social media. I'm on there more than I want to be right now. <laughs> uh, so, and I try to, you know, try to keep my, my page, um, uplifting as possible um since other other folks really are putting a lot of doom and gloom and i'm trying to keep it as, as lifted as possible so um if you safely follow me on facebook or, or instagram yeah, for some good yeah. check-ins you know we, for the we, spirit so. we appreciate that and we need it you and that little boy y'all take care of yourselves and thank you we, we pray i hope to see you in real life in the future yeah i i, I hope to see you as well we praying for you all and all of our protection okay God okay, bless you, sister. You. Thank you right, for everything, and we'll you. be in touch. All right. Okay. okay. All, All right. right. Bye-bye. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating, and please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.